How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. I am really thrilled that God's grace and peace is again with us and that we can together start this new spring semester and also the journey in the new year of 2022. So uh, it's good to be here and to praise God's goodness as we were singing, God's faithfulness, and to seek the Lord. Outside is a beautiful day. It's everything is white. And it reminds you that God wants to cover us with his white robe of his righteousness. Amen? But to stay only outside, it will be not good. Because you will be frozen to death. You need to have a good shelter warm place with God's presence, with other people who are enthusiastic for God, where is love, where is um, companionship, where we stand shoulder to shoulder together and encourage each other on the way to the new Jerusalem. And I would like to study with you one outstanding prophetical message this um, morning or this afternoon, uh, which is entitled, and this is the name of the prophet, The Lord Shelters. And we need this shelter, right? We need this shelter against COVID. We need shelters against untruthfulness, unfaithfulness, treachery, violence, wickedness, and now I can continue and describe this world around us. But I'm not preaching about the world about us. You can read the newspaper or turn TV and you will have all this news. What we need is the word of God in the midst of this tragedies if alive. God shelters. The Lord shelters. So let's listen to this uh, voice of the prophet for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we know that we are dependent on you and that we need you. So speak to us, touch our hearts, illuminate our mind that we can be motivated to follow you, to follow you faithfully and with joy. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this um, prophet is the only prophet in the Bible who has a royal blood. He is from the royal family, the only one. He's the prophet who lived uh, in the time uh, 7th century, around 630 BC, uh, when uh, in Jerusalem was the, the king Josiah, and around was a turmoil, because Assyrians, powerful Assyrians were around everywhere, and there were not a pleasant and kind people. This is um, the time when the church was in big crisis. It was spiritual crisis, moral crisis, political crisis. And if you read his book, you are surprised, you are shocked when he is describing 
God's church, God's people of that time. It was a terrible time. And he, with his voice, prophetical voice coming from the Lord, he was the spiritual father of a great revival and reformation. Praise the Lord. The word of God brings always changes in our life. The word of God can transform what is in ruins. What is broken can be restored. This is the prophet who three times using the word remnant. This is a message for the remnant church. This is an Adventist book. And not only that is Adventist book because the word remnant is there, but he seven times speaks about the day of the Lord. And when he speaks about the day of the Lord, he is not joking. Because people of the time, they did not take God seriously. You know, he speaks about this uh, unfaithful Israel, but faithful remnant. And this unfaithful Israel, for example, I will read a few verses, is described the way. Jerusalem does not trust in the Lord. This um, people does not draw near to her God. Officials are roaring lions. Rulers uh, are evening wolves and leave nothing for the morning. The prophets are arrogant. They are treacherous men. The priests profane the sanctuary and do violence to the law. Terrible time. And now, in that situation, comes the word of God about the day of the Lord. As we would say about the second coming of Jesus. And he's preaching and saying, well, the day, day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord will be bitter. Shouting of the warrior there. The day will be, and now there are descriptions, will be full of wrath, distress, anguish, bitter, trouble, ruin, darkness, gloom, clouds, blackness, trumpet, battle cry, distress. Do you get the picture? You cannot play with God. You cannot manipulate with Him. And in the center of his message, and he wrote only three chapters, at the center of his message is um, in chapter 2, verse 3, when he says, seek the Lord. What does it mean to seek the Lord? Well, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. He speaks about the faithful remnant, and this faithful remnant need to seek the Lord also. It's nothing automatic. You cannot um, be safe in the day of the Lord. And he's uh, speaking about that, that God is coming with uh, the Lucerne, going and searching everything. And people think that they can um, buy their position. Like in 118, neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord of rest. Nor your position, nor your education, nor your wealth can um, give you that shelter for the day of the Lord. And he's continuing, yes, seek the Lord. Seek righteousness. Because seeking the Lord means to seek righteousness. 
seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. You see that there is now a play with the name of the prophet. The prophet means, who is that prophet? Now you know, right? Who is that prophet? It's Sephaniah. Sephaniah. Ayah at the end is the Lord. And it's Tzaphan, which means to shelter, to hide, to even to treasure. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, description that only God can protect you. And this uh, uh, prophet Zephaniah is now preaching and saying, yes, seek the Lord, seek righteousness. Perhaps he, you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. You know, a rabbi says that every time when you read in the Bible the word perhaps, you should cry. Why? Because it's very clear you cannot manipulate with God. You can do everything, but salvation is not coming from your actions, from your accomplishments. It's always the gift from God. But God is looking to whom? Well, seek the Lord, all you humble. We need to humble, surrender to the Lord. And then this perhaps can be changed for certainty. And then you will be really sheltered in the day of the Lord. Well, how you can be sheltered in the Lord, uh, in the day of the Lord? Can you hide before God? You know, it is not stated that you should be sheltered before God, before that day, but in that day. And how you can be sheltered in that day? Can you hide before God? No, you, you know that Psalm 139, David says that everywhere is God. Where do we go? Up, down, to the east, north, south, west, everywhere is God. He is present. So where you can hide? The good news is that there is one place where you can hide before God. And where it is? It is in Him. He is our hiding place. Amen? And when you are in Him, you are sheltered. And then there is this warmness, not like outside. Warmness, there is love, there is security, there is safety there, and there is future. And this is why the prophet is speaking and saying, yes, seek the Lord, seek his righteousness, and then you will be sheltered in the Lord of the day. But let me tell you, in order to be sheltered in the day of the Lord, you need to be sheltered in the Lord today. If you want to be sheltered in the day of the Lord, in the Lord, you need to be sheltered in the Lord right now. Because you never know in this fragile life when is your last moment here. You need to be sheltered in the Lord constantly, every moment, 
every second of your life. And this prophetical voice, this God's voice through the prophet Zephaniah is very strong. And says, please be consistent. Don't play with God. Give your life to him completely. And uh, yes, he speaks on one side about this um, terrible unfaithfulness um, and crisis in the church of the Old Testament. But on the other side, he also speaks about the future of God's remnant people. And these people are especially described at the end of the book in chapter 3. So open with me uh, the book of Sephaniah. This gospel according to Sephaniah. Um, and uh, in that chapter, you read like in verse 9, Yes, I will purify the lips of the peoples, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. We need to march together. We need to press together. And then he speaks about the remnant. And uh, like, for example, in verse 12, I will leave with you the meek, the humble, who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will speak no lies. No will deceit be found in their mouth. You know, it reminds you, the God's people described in the book of Revelation, right? This is the remnant, faithful remnant. And God is speaking to that faithful remnant and is encouraging them because they live, when they look around themselves, they see always violence, wickedness, unfaithfulness. They would like live in what we will call today in the post-Christian era, in the post-truth era, in the post-modern era when people do not take God seriously. And when they were looking around, God is saying, well, but I have the plan for you, that you prosper and that you will be with me. So he's encouraging and saying in verse 14, sing, O daughter of Zion. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Verse 15, the Lord has taken away your punishment. Our God is a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's this good God, faithful God, always for us, never against us. He's embracing us. As we were studying in the beginning of the last semester with the prophet Habakkuk. Do you remember? What is the meaning of Habakkuk? Embracing. God is embracing us. And he wants that we embrace him and we embrace each other. And that we march together, shoulder to shoulder. And now, today, he's telling us, yes, this God who is for you, he wants to also shelter you. So, you don't need to worry. And this is why you have that statement, you can sing. God is taking away your iniquity. He's forgiving God. And verse 16, do not fear. Do not fear. And now comes verse 17, which is one of my favorite texts of the Bible. And you have five very important statements. Let me quickly remind you these five promises of God. What he's saying to the, to the remnant, to you and to me, that he is our Lord, and this Lord is our God. 
the Lord your God. This is a key phrase in the Bible. Uh, it's uh, always occurring in the specific, I would say, crucial places in the Bible. Like in the Ten Commandments, how it is starting. It's not with the, you should not do this. It comes, I am the Lord, your God. And I did something special for you. He is good God. And he is again, it's coming and saying, yes, the Lord, the day of the Lord is coming. But you can be sheltered. You can be sheltered in me. In this crisis, in this calamities, in this um, horrible things which are around, you can be in safe place. But this safe place is only in me. Yes, I am the Lord your God. This Yahweh, this uh, close God, but this close God is also powerful, omnipotent Elohim. And this Elohim is our God. And he's saying, and I am with you. What uh, kind of uh, God's promises do you need? I think that you need only one God's promise. And this is this one. <laughs> I am with you. This is uh, said when he was departing. I am with you always. This, in this one promise, all other promises of God are included. So here the prophet could finish. But he wants that we know it. So he's unfolding it. He's displaying, he's preaching on it. What does it mean that the Lord your God is with you? The second is that he is who? He's a mighty warrior who saves you. Wow, our God is not only our creator, but he's also our savior. And he is a warrior. He's fighting for you and for me. And good news is that he already won. Amen? He already defeated Satan on the cross. He is the victor, and therefore we can stay with the victor in all the battles. And he won the battle for you and for me. And um, uh, the good translations are um, describing it in nice ways, like that he's a mighty warrior. When Moses saw how Egyptian army was defeated because God opened the Red Sea, when he was singing after this great victory, what he said? You, God, you are a warrior. He is this mighty warrior for us. He is always fighting for you. And you can be sure that he never is losing one battle. You are in his hands. He is the one who can shelter you. Yes, he is uh, fighting that you can be saved. Your salvation is already secured. Do you know that? It's secured on the cross. We only are taking it for free, receiving it. Embracing. Habakkuk. Embrace the Lord. Embrace his gifts. Because he is giving it freely. Freely. And we can take it completely and fully. But not only that he is the Lord, our God, who is for us and with us, 
Not only that he is a mighty warrior who fights for us and is saving us, we read that he also takes great delight in us. He takes great delight in you. Every time when I speak about delight, the word delight reminds me Turkish delights. Do you know Turkish delights? Everyone, every time when I am in the Middle East, I am buying Turkish delights. Why? Because Turkish delights are so good, so sweet, so nice. You have the honey with nuts and with spices. And when you put it in your mouth, it melts. <laughs> wow, it's so good. And God is saying that you and me, for him, are more than Turkish delights. He says that he greatly delights in you. So, please, when you will be in crisis of your life, when you will be in darkness of your tunnel, remember who is God. Remember that you are a son and daughter of God. And that he, this God, loves you, he's with you, he fights for you, he saves you from all the attacks of Satan, and he delights in you. You are his beloved son and daughter. Amen? Yes, he delights in you. And then you have the fourth uh, thought in that verse 17. And he will quiet you with his love. What a beautiful statement. He will quiet you with his love. What does it mean? Uh, you know, th there are like two ways how you can translate this verse. And there, I call it like the ambiguity, holy ambiguity. One way how you can um, uh, translate uh, this phrase in that verse, according to Hebrew, is that he will be quiet in his love. He will be quiet in his love. And another possibility is that he will quiet you in his love. He will quiet you with his love. Both translations are possible. And both are beautiful. You know, when you will take it according to um, uh, this uh, translation, NIV, that he will quiet you with his love. What is the picture? You know, I have, as you know, five children. And when they were small, they were hurt. They were crying. And they were crying and coming to me. What I did? I kneeled down and embraced them, right? And took them in my arm. And I was speaking to them. Don't worry. I am here for you. I know it hurts. But, uh, you know, no matter what, I will be always for you. I love you. And when I spoke to them, and they were in my arm, they were sobbing first, crying. But more I spoke the language of love, more they were quiet. And sometimes even they fall asleep in my arm. This is the picture of our God. This is this mighty warrior who fights for you. He's your creator. He's your redeemer. And he's embracing you. You are in his arm. He speaks to you the language of love and says, yes, I love you. 
and he is quieting you in with his love. What a God. This is his Old Testament God. This is God of love and mercy. But then also you can translate it in the way that he is quiet in his love. What does it mean? Well, I will take it now personally. As a husband, I know what does it mean to speak to my wife the language of love, right? And you who are married and you, or you are in love, you know how is it. When you are in love and you love somebody, your spouse, what you will do? You will express it, right? And you will say, yes, I love you. You are my sunshine. You are my star. You are my love. You are my everything. And you will continue and you will express what that person means for you. How it's important that you are together. How the joy and love and peace comes from this togetherness. You communicate. But more you speak, more you bring all these beautiful words, it will come to some point that you cannot say anything more. And you are silent. The quietness comes. And in that quietness is something extraordinary. Because suddenly all the words does not mean now anything more. Everything was expressed and you see and feel the closeness, the presence of each other. And in this closeness, there is this quietness, this silence. And you enjoy to be together. And this is the picture of our God. When he's saying, yes, I, I in my love, am silent. I am quiet. And we can enjoy this fellowship, this friendship with God. And the last point is a culmination point. And it's only, again, in this verse in the Bible, nowhere else. Nowhere else. It is saying that he is rejoicing over us. He is delighting in us. He is quieting us with his language of love. But he is not only doing that. What he is doing here? He is even singing over you and me. Dr. Williams, you, you love that, right? <laughs> singing. God is singing over you. When one of my daughters was, was married, and, um, had a wedding, so her husband took a mic and started to sing. You know, song of love. And I don't have time now to go into the details, and I can take you to many instances of life and in the Bible situations where songs were so important. Victories were done. The people of God were singing in the time of Hezekiah, and the big army of Assyrians were defeated. In my history of, of uh, uh, Czech Republic or Bohemia of the time, when the crusaders were coming and destroying the uh, Hasside, the followers of Jan Hus, uh, uh, they were singing that um, they who will stand for God and for his truth and for his law. And then panic started in the crusaders. 
and uh, the Hussites won the battle without any fight. This God is a mighty warrior, and he's singing a song, song of love, song of victory over each one of us. And when you will be sometimes in the quietness of your relationship with God, listen to that song of love. Listen to this song of victory because he wants to encourage you. This is your God. He wants to shelter you. You see, seek the Lord, seek righteousness. Perhaps, and now this perhaps is changing, right? It's no more perhaps, it's assurance. Yes, you will be sheltered in the day of the Lord, in the Lord, because you are already today sheltered in the Lord. And you can be sheltered in the day of the Lord, in the Lord only, if you are sheltered today in the Lord. And when you are sheltered in the Lord, you have this warmness, you have the safety, you have God's presence every time, and you have his love with you. You are protected because this God is with you. He's a mighty warrior who saved you. He takes great delight in you. He's quieting you with his love, and he's quiet in his love, and he's singing with joy over you. And may God bless you that this new year, 2022, and this new semester will be in the Lord, in the shelter of the Lord. As we have it in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And here we come to that uh, uh, main text we were starting with today. Isaiah 25, verse 9. And this is in the small apocalypse of chapter 24 to 27 of Isaiah, which is stated that in the day of the Lord, in the second coming, this faithful remnant will call to the Lord, will see them, and what they will shout? Surely, this is our God. We trusted in him, and he came to save us. This is the Lord. We trust in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen? God bless you. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. You speak to our heart, not only to our mind. And we thank you that you are this God who is always embracing us, who is smiling on us. In spite of our failures, you are always um, faithful. And you are always coming and giving us a new beginning. 
So bless us in the beginning of this new semester and new, uh, new year. And we want to live and walk with you every moment. You are our hiding place. You are our shelter. Only in you we are safe. And you are telling us, yes, watch. Yes, be constant on your watch. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So, Lord, bless us that we can be a blessing for other people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us. Amen.